0: Hello and welcome to the Mike Harris podcast. I'm your host Mike Harris. I just want to start off by saying thank you for listening. Uh, if you listen to this episode, if you listen to a previous episode, if uh, time has passed and you know you li- listen to a later episode and now you're coming back to this one, whatever it is, just want to thank you for tuning in. Real quick also, I want to start this off by saying I am not going to give any details out about the Avengers movie. I'm not going to spoil the movie for you. I'm not going to allude to anything. Let me let you know that now. But I do want to use it as an illustration. Uh, this past weekend, of course, you probably make the assumption, my wife and I, we went and saw the Avengers movie. And when I tell you that movie was phenomenal, I mean, it was done well. I it was, It was truly incredible. Just an incredible movie. And it made me start thinking and really going backwards and saying, you know what, this is an incredible movie amongst other incredible movies so the bar for this movie was even higher especially the fact that they put it out calling it end game and saying that this is the culmination of the entire marvel universe that in itself puts a lot of pressure on the movie and i can tell you that in my personal opinion the movie lived up to every bit of the pressure and exceeded expectations, right, so my thing is, when I look at it, I say, how were they able to do it, the only way that I think that you can truly be able to pull something off like this, and over the course of the last 13 to 15 years, is through preparation, right, I love the quote, that preparation is the key to success, and I truly believe that to be the absolute truth. You have to prepare in order to be successful. But I think we underestimate the level of preparation for these different things. The Avengers movie, think about it. Every Marvel movie tied in to the Avengers plot. Right. All of it leading up to this final movie. Right. This final showdown and battle and all of that good stuff. And it's been amazing. Amazing. When you look at the details, the details haven't been confusing. We haven't seen things that, you know, uh, contradicted each other. We haven't seen things that just seemingly didn't go together. I'm sure that, you know, if you're really uh, a comic book person, you're looking at it and maybe you were able to pull out details. Myself as a regular person, not saying I, I read a few comics, I, you know, I'm not a comic head, though. I'm not going to claim that title at all the details, everything it just went together and it was smooth and you were able to see things in the movie from other things and things that they referenced and know exactly where it came from and it was great. I mean, oh my goodness. It was truly truly great. So, my thing is if they made this phenomenal movie, right? I don't even I don't even have a word for the movie. The movie was that good in my personal opinion. I believe the level of preparation has to be even greater right if you can't have good preparation and then get a good result i think that when you have good preparation you get a decent result i think that when you have great preparation you get a good result when your preparation is phenomenal then you get whatever the step below phenomenal whatever that is that's the result that you get i don't think that you can say hey look I'm putting in good effort and I'm supposed to get something good back or the thing is supposed to turn out good. I don't think that it works like that. And let me tell you why I don't think it works like that. Looking at the special that Beyonce put out on Netflix about the Coachella performance from uh, last year. Now, mind you, I like Beyonce. I didn't watch the Coachella performance. I didn't even watch the movie. Not yet. I do plan on watching it at some point in time. Uh, I walked in and my wife was watching it. And uh, you know how it goes with couples. I'm like, great, you're watching this without me. And she's like, oh, I didn't know this was something that you wanted to watch. You know, it's not the best. I'm like, no, you go ahead and watch it. I'll watch it whenever. And my thing is, I'm not even watching it just to see what Beyonce is going to do. I'm not a big music person. Um, I'm definitely not a big dance person, but I do love to observe greatness. And truth be told, I mean, she is the GOAT, like, right now, period. In a lot of different categories and, you know, people, generationally, they'll argue with you on different things. But she is phenomenal. And, well, she's past phenomenal, whatever, whatever it is. Like, she is the top tier. And I see why. I read an article and it talked about the, her preparation for this performance. And I look at it and I'm like, OK, great. If we're looking at the diet, right? Beyonce has never looked bad, but she didn't look like she felt she excuse me, she didn't feel like she looked her best. So she wanted to look her absolute best for this performance. So her preparation, she cut out meat, she cut out bread, she cut out. I mean, a bunch of different things. The list was so long. I'm like, well, shoot, you cut everything out but water. And she came in and she looked phenomenal. Right. Great preparation for the performance. She was practicing for 11 hours. I mean, 11 hours for a two hour performance. That sounds about right. Right. For a great performance that that sounds about right especially when you're Beyonce in my mind when you're Beyonce and you've been doing this for such a long time you don't necessarily need to prepare as long as the other person you you should just be able to you know really get it down packed everybody do a little something and then go and the preparation is for everybody else you kind of show up and you're like hey look I'm ready to go are y'all ready to go if y'all are ready to go then hey we can go ahead and make it happen but she put in 11 hours. Here's the thing that blew my mind. It said 11 hours a day. I'm like, okay, now that makes a little bit more sense. You know, I've heard some things about Beyonce being the hardest work out there and different things, and you know, people always say stuff. I'm like, all right, cool, that makes sense. But then I found out that she was preparing for this for eight months, 11 hours a day for eight months. That is ridiculous. I mean, your Beyoncé, you shouldn't even have to prepare like that. But she did. And that's the reason she's Beyonce, right? That's the reason that she is regarded as the GOAT. No questions asked. It's not even a it's not even a debate amongst the people that we have now. You can, you know, they categorize people and all this, that, and other. You can do all of that categorization that you want to do. Beyonce is either your number one or you put her on the pedestal and you're like look that's beyonce That's not even a question let's not even put her on the list because any list we put her on we understand that she's number one like that's not fair take her out the equation now let's let's put everybody else and categorize everyone else so when i heard that it really made me realize why when you sit down and you start doing the math and adding the numbers up and seeing how many hours she put in for what a two-hour performance Phenomenal. I mean, amazing. Right? If we let's take into account, and we said that the performance was two hours, I, I did the math earlier. She put in for every hour, she put in 880 hours worth of practice. She put in 880 times more time practicing than she did actually doing the performance. If it's two hours. Let's say, and I don't know how long her performance was at Coachella, but let's say the the performance was four hours. That's 440 times more time than she did, uh, excuse me, 440 times more time preparing than actually doing the performance. That in itself is ridiculous. I mean, I think about it, and I would like to think that I prepare well, but... I mean, I'm nowhere close to that. If I have a 30-minute presentation, I'm not putting in whatever whatever the math is, 400 hours worth of work for a 30-minute presentation. And that's, I mean, I, I, I just, I think about it and I'm literally thinking about this and it's blowing my mind. But that is when you start talking about top tier and understanding what the top tier is doing, it makes sense. Right. It blows your mind. You almost don't even think that that's possible, but it begins to start making sense why they are who they are. So now I keep reading this article and I thought one of the, the the amazing things was she was saying that she didn't have time every day to put in the kind of work that she's used to putting in. Because during breaks in between, she would go and she would feed her kids and, you know, tend to her family and then go back to work and I'm like, okay, that's still 11 hours worth of, like, I I think I work a lot, but that's still 11 hours worth of practice, like, that's, that's great, but no, she said that she's used to doing 15 plus hours a day worth of preparation for her performances, when I tell you, amazing, like, amazing, we started talking about What does it take to be an expert? What does it take to be top tier in what you do? And we're looking at the 10,000 hour rule. You can look at somebody, you can understand why someone like Beyonce is as great as she is. The time that you put in, the focus time, focus effort, and focus dedication that you put in, like within this time frame, she's hit 10,000 hours. How many times at this point, right? For this performance alone, She hit 10, excuse me, she didn't hit 10,000 hours for this performance when I did the math on it. But look how many hours she put in for one performance. How long has she been in the game? 20 plus years? She's hit 10,000 hours a few times. That's crazy to me. So, no wonder she is who she is. But just because she's hit 10,000 hours a few times, that hasn't stopped her from doing the work. That hasn't stopped her from doing the preparation in order to make sure that she's executing the next time on a high level that in itself is just it's amazing it's incredible and I look at it and it's it's such a great challenge to myself because I, I ask myself okay what is it that I want what is it that I want to be great in what is it that I want to be good in right how do I want to execute whatever the thing is if it's just a one-off thing okay, I get these things together, I make this list, and then I start saying, what kind of preparation am I putting in, in order to make sure that that happens, I'm not putting in the kind of time that I think that I'm putting in, right, and it makes you look at your time differently, and say, great, how am I going to maximize the time it is that I have, how am I going to be as efficient as I can be with the time, Right. If I want to get into speaking, I need to be practicing speaking more and more because I got to get my hours up. I got to get my hours of preparation up. I think there's different levels of preparation. I think there's a such thing as like just a general preparation and say, great, let me generally get prepared for a thing. Let me make sure that I'm practicing this or practicing that. And then I think there's specific applications. I think that you can go specific and say, great, I am practicing specifically To be able to do this skill under this pressure and this time frame or whatever, whatever that looks like for you. I think we have to make sure that we're doing both things. If nothing else, I think that we have to make sure that we're doing a general preparation. For me, a general preparation looks like a routine that I go through in the morning. I generally, I prepare for my day. I get up. I make sure that I hit a few foundational things. I think it's important to start with the spiritual make sure that you're prepared in that arena i think that it's important to go next to the mental make sure that you're prepared in that arena emotional make sure you're prepared there as well right and physical as well if you can cover those things then i think you have a general level of preparation for the day But when we know we have specific things, specific events, specific outcomes that we want in specific areas, then we have to go and we have to say, okay, there's another level of preparation that's needed and that's required. I have to make sure that I go hit however many uh, three-pointers, free throws, jump shots, just whatever it is, I have to make sure that I'm preparing specifically in this arena If I need to present something at work, I need to make sure that I'm working on this presentation, right, actually executing the presentation, going through it and making sure that I'm doing the preparation it takes in order for this to come out the way I want it to. Remember, I said this earlier, personally, I think that the level of preparation that you have, whatever the level of preparation is, the outcome isn't going to be the same, it's going to be a little bit lower right, so if you want to have a great performance, what's what's beyond great, you need to have phenomenal preparation, right, if, if we want to go by Beyonce rules, whatever the, however long the hours are for your performance, for your presentation, for whatever it is, you need to practice that, 880 times that, 440, whatever it is, times that, that's how much you prepare for the thing, that is, a lot of preparation, but it's it's just really about asking yourself, how great do you want to be? I think we have to step back from the thing and really just be realistic with some things and say, great, if I have something going on next week, then I know that next week I don't have 800 hours or 400 hours, but you have to really sit down and say, okay, what is it that I have? How much time do I have? in order to put into this thing to make sure I'm preparing. But we gotta make sure that we prepare. We always talk about practical application. I always want to get into how we actually do the thing. So let's go over three different ways that we can make sure that we are executing preparation, right, because preparation is execution also, requires execution. So how do we do it? The first thing I think is that got to make sure, and these are in no particular order, but the first thing would be that you got to make sure you keep a calendar and a schedule. I think we have to be deliberate and intentional about preparing for a thing, right? So you can't just say, look, I need to prepare for something and never actually outline time for it. Never actually put it on, you know, your schedule for the day or put it on your calendar for the week or your calendar for the month when it's really important to you. You schedule the thing. Prime example: we talked about the Avengers movie earlier, and I went this weekend. I was talking to my mother-in-law. Mother-in-law was like, "Oh yeah, you know, I think I, I I think I'll just go." And it's a Sunday. She's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go on Sunday." I'm like, "Oh (laughs) my, you're not going on Sunday," and she was like, "Well, why not? What was holding me back?" And I'm like, "Nothing's holding you back except you can't get a ticket." And she was trying to say, why can't I? And I'm like, look, you know what you don't understand is that these tickets are sold out. She's like, oh, they can't be that sold out. I explained to her that, great, me and your daughter went to go see this movie because I bought these tickets two months ago. And two months ago, a few of the times that I actually wanted to go to a little bit more, they were sold out on the day that the tickets came out. When I opened the browser for, to get the movies, it said that, great, keep this browser open. Your place is saved in line. The estimated time that you're gonna have a five minute opportunity to buy your tickets it's like 200, excuse me, not 200, <laughs> is two hours and 45 minutes, crazy, right? The movie just didn't even come out. The tickets just went on sale. And it's taking that long before, and I didn't even do it immediately as soon as the notification came through. I saw somebody else say that they got their tickets, and then I went on. And I'm like, great, okay, it's going to take this long in order for me to get these tickets. So I had to explain this to her, that great, you're not going to be able to go today. If you're off this week, then you're going to have to pick a time this week that nobody else is going to go, and then you go find a ticket. And I went through and looked at it a few times. I'm like, oh, well, this one sold out on Monday, and this one sold out on Monday, and this one sold out on Tuesday. Okay, great. We're going to have to pick a different time. When we start talking about what's important to us, we always – you can always tell what's important to someone because are they being deliberate, intentional about making time for the thing to happen? Or are we saying giving it generals, oh, around this time or around that time? And maybe for some people that don't have a busy schedule, for some people that, you know, have different things that, uh, or excuse me, don't have things, don't have a lot of obligations, that might work for them. It's not going to work for the majority of us that are busy, that have things to do, that have, you know, kids or just responsibilities in general. We're going to have to make sure that we schedule the things that are important to us, the preparation for the things that are important to us so transitioning to step two of making sure that we prepare right that that we overcome uh, the lack of preparation i think that we have to look at ourselves and really identify the the feelings that we're addicted to right here's what i mean i personally i'm addicted to shooting from the hill Right? I think that's a southern term and I'll break it down a little bit more I'm addicted to hitting the, the shot at the buzzer Right, I'm addicted to the last minute winning at the last minute and I tell you when you talk about hitting a shot at the buzzer the truth of the matter is every time I'm under a like pressure situation I see Jordan in game since six against Utah I see him with the push off and then he hits the shot that puts the game away, right? And I love it. I'm addicted to it. I want to hit the shot at the buzzer. But that's a terrible thing to be addicted to, right? It's a terrible thing to be addicted to because even in that analogy, we look at the preparation that Jordan put in for those moments, for those games. Once again, a different level of a crazy, phenomenal level of work went into that Jordan wasn't just Jordan because he was Jordan Jordan was Jordan because he outworked everyone tremendously right just like Kobe outworked everyone tremendously tremendous talent tremendous ability but tremendous work ethic greater than everyone else you would not work him that's why he can hit the the game winning shot at the buzzer in a lot of situations because he practices it's not anything that he hasn't done more than 10,000 times right 10,000 times however many multiples he's already done it. he's prepared for those moments but we have to identify why we're actually addicted and what we're actually addicted to and I think a lot of us are addicted to coming off the top of the head we want to freestyle the thing and I think for me there's a level of identifying that it almost feels greater to freestyle and it come off the top of the head than it does to read something that, you know, I prepared a long time ago. It doesn't feel as organic when it's, when it's super prepared. I had to stop and really figure out that organic, it can still be organic and be prepared. Maybe you don't read a script, like for the podcast, I don't read a script, but I do have an outline and say, look, I want to make sure I cover these topics, right? I may have uh, some specific analogies that I want to use. And as I go through it a few different times, and then I just hit the record button and then I flow. But what allows me to be able to flow is the preparation. So I think it's important that we identify what we're addicted to and why we're addicted to it. And just understanding that, you know, that feeling can still get got and we prepare. It doesn't make the thing greater because we just came off the top of the head. Really, the thing that makes it the greatest version of us is the preparation that we put into it. And when you prepare a certain way, when you prepare thoroughly, then it allows you to be able to express a thing freely right it allows you to be able to flow when you're the expert at a thing right and and really what that means is when you've had expert level preparation of a thing then you can go to intuition and just flowing I and I remember uh reading the 10,000 hour rule and uh or and and I say the 10,000 hour rule there was a few other books too and I'm kind of mixing all these together but it was saying or mastery it was saying that As a beginner, when you haven't done 10000 hours worth of this, don't trust your intuition. But once you become the master, then you can trust your intuition in a situation and you can go with that gut feeling because you put enough in to be able to get something out. But you can't get something out if you haven't put the preparation in. Shifting to the third strategy. I think that we need to make sure we're finding creative ways to effectively prepare. I think there's a lot of traditional ways to prepare for a thing. There's a lot of right ways uh, and there's some wrong ways. But I think we have to find those things that fit us. Maybe the traditional level of preparation isn't for you. I would say that in the beginning... It is something that you may want to stick to a traditional way of preparing until you've mastered that level of preparation and then move on to the next. Right. As a novice, maybe it's not the best thing for you to try to come up with your own way to prepare in a situation. But you still need to be creative with whatever the preparation is that you do. The preparation needs to be something that you engage in. Right, that you are engaged in, right? That that you're focused in, that you are dialed into, and you're having fun with, right? And this it still has to be effective. It want you want it to be efficient, but we got to make sure that how we're preparing fits us. Given an example for me, I think that preparation doesn't look like listening to someone else too much now get, don't get me wrong I think that you do have to listen to people you have to listen to whoever the master is whoever the 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 person is in the situation that's good at what they do and you take that in but for me a lot of preparation looks like hands-on things and it's like okay great well let me start doing some of this let me just start actually going through it right uh, visualization let me see myself going through it let me see myself doing well Right. Let me uh, put my hands on it so that I can figure out what it feels like and know what the feeling I should get when it's going right. Right. When I, The feeling that I should get when, you know, the vehicle is driving the way the vehicle is supposed to drive. Everybody's thing of preparation is going to be a little bit different, but we got to make sure that we're finding creative ways to prepare things that we enjoy. Things that aren't going to just make us bored and make us not engaged in the process. Because remember, the preparation is the success. So just to wrap up, let's keep in mind that preparation should be the thing that we're focused on. We spoke on it before about focusing on the work. Preparation is the work. Don't worry about the outcome. When you prepare the way that you're supposed to prepare, you're going to get the outcome it is that you're supposed to get. Just want to thank everyone for tuning in. Hope you have a great rest of your day, great rest of your night, great rest of your week. Thank you. Take care.